Are you easily offended? Because if you are, you should probably stop listening. Are you interested in the bizarre and unusual? Like serial killers? Do you scream as loud as you can? They're already scared, but they stab you just once. You know what I mean? Then run. Or maybe they fucking kill it's, you. It's and aliens? I'm thinking either. Yeah, guys. probably. <laughs> like, but like, if you're gonna take my sperm, at least make me happy. Don't forget about the paranormal. Why? Why do you look like that? Because I'm from hell, bitch. Why are you from hell? Come on strange drunken journeys with us, your host Tomcat aka Tom Thompson and Billy Kirby as we drink and discuss the creepy and weird sides of life. Strange Brew Podcast, that's Strange Brew Podcast. Okay, Tom, relax. Strange Brew can be found anywhere you can find a podcast though. From Apple Podcast and Spotify to Podbean and many more. So crack those beers or, or the booze and light those doobies because, because it's, it's about to get strange. Thanks, fellas. That was a, another trailer from more friends Amy and I have acquired from up north. All the fellas from the Strange Brew podcast. Hey, listen, we keep it strange around here, too. So keep it weird and go check out the Strange Brew podcast. Now back to your bewitch banter. No con artists here. We keep it 100, including some explicit content that is not suitable for all listeners. You have been warned. Welcome! You're listening to Bewitch Banter. I'm Krista, and I believe that people are inherently shitty. And I'm Amy, and I tend to believe that people are naturally good. But ironically, I'm a super believer in the supernatural and all things spiritual. And I'm a total skeptic. We're best friends, and in this podcast, we're seeking to explore and understand each other's perspectives with deep dives into the spooky, the spiritual, the magical, and the mystical and some straight up spoofs. Today, it's switching our story time for Lady Criminal, well, Lady Con Artist specifically. Okay. I too have a photo to share with you to start out. This okay. is another woman who I'm going to cover today. Dorothea Puente. Wow, she's old. Uh-huh. What do you think when you see an image like this? She kind of looks like a bitchy grandma. Oh, bitchy. Interesting. You thought you picked up on bitchy. Yeah, she does. Or like the Golden Girls. Well, she has like the big uh, rimmed glasses. Not the trendy ones, like old grandma style. Thin lips. Curly white hair. I mean, she could be a sweet granny for all I know. That's what I was thinking, but... Well, I assume from what we're covering today, Most folks I have a bias. This granny, and like, oh, just an old lady, old lady next door, right? Like just chilling, just living her best old life. Well, the image had many other people fooled as well. This is the infamous murderess Dorothea Puente, and I know you're like, bitch, we're covering con artists today. Well, unfortunately, this woman was both a con. A master con artist and wow. turned murderess. Here's a little bit about Miss Puente slash she's got a million other names, which I will cover. <laughs> I feel like that name sounds familiar to me. Yeah, she was not a wonderful woman. Well, when you uh, use murder to describe her, I'm not surprised by that yeah. statement. She was born in Redlands, California, 1929. Okay. She's still alive today? No, she passed away in 2011. Okay. And it was a big, like, hubbub about her death because of, you'll see why. Okay. I swear I know the name. Is she in, like, a book or a movie? Uh, lots of true crime shows. So you might have seen a documentary. Okay, the name sounds really familiar. It almost sounds like an actress, though. Like an old, famous actress. But it's, you know, it's a horrible woman. Okay. <laughs> to me, that's what it sounds like. But, um, so she had a little bit of a rough life. And that does get, not give her any excuse for the atrocities she committed but um she had two alcoholic parents and apparently her father repeatedly threatened that he would commit suicide and he did this all in front of her and her siblings that's some emotional trauma there yeah um he died however in 1937 so leaving their mom so she has been really young yeah yep so let's see 29 almost 10 
eight, it looks like, if I'm doing the math properly, when her dad died. Um, so eight years old, when she, the mom takes custody. Then, even more tragically, her mom dies in 1938. So just a year after her dad died in a, a motorcycle accident, out of all things. So Her mom did? Mm-hmm. Wow. So I guess it's kind of badass. Her mom was a motor- lady motorcyclist at that era but Mm -hmm. anyway so because of that puente and her siblings had to be sent off to an orphanage and we know what happened to the last guy i covered that was sent to an orphanage was that albert fish Uh uh-huh she was obviously sexually abused or not obviously but she was no surprise unfortunately there puente as i said was just one of her many names she's also known in the press by the death as the Death House Landlady, another pseudonym she used was Taya Singanola Neyarada and Sharon Johansson. And those aren't even all of her damn names, by the way. So, <laughs> part of her con. Yeah. Obviously. Her first marriage was at just 16 years old. Um, I don't think that's that uncommon for that time. That's probably like my not. nana and granddad. I yeah. think they got married when they were like 19. So she was 16, married to Fred McCall. They had two daughters. Dorothea actually sent these two daughters away. One was placed for adoption, and the other was sent to live with relatives in Northern California. So she had two kids, but didn't want anything to do with them? Mm-hmm. Red flag, number 50 million. <laughs> yeah. Why um, would you have kids if you don't want anything to do with them? Yeah, so fucking sad. I hope those children are okay. I didn't research that, but... Later on um, in 1948, Dorothea had a miscarriage, and be- this is kind of sick. Because of the miscarriage, McFowl left her. Wow. Yeah, real, real classy husband there. Mm-hmm. Probably an off. I'm assuming where we're going, that might have not been the only reason. Yeah, there's another. She husband seems like an awful person. There, yeah, one of her. Maybe, maybe there's a contributing reason. Yeah, <laughs> you know, apart maybe. from the fact that you're a heinous bitch. Yeah. <laughs> Um, that murderous people. <laughs> well, she didn't get to murdering at this point yet, but here's where the cons begin. 1948, and I think if I, did, if I did the math right, she was just 28 years old. Okay. Um, and she was caught for using forged checks uh, while shopping for women's accessories. And this was in Riverside, California. She was charged and pled guilty for two counts of forgery and served two, sorry, and served four months in jail and three years in prison. For fake checks? Yep. So this bitch been in the prison system at an early age, right? Like, mm-hmm. that's a young woman. Six months later, she was released. And then we cut to 1952. where And by the way, her her real name was Gray. Dorothea Gray. Okay. So in 1952, Gray marries a man named Alex Bren Joe Hansen. And... A Hansen brother? Um, bop. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we had some fun this weekend, y'all, with the Hanson brothers. And Amy claims she looked like Justin. Which no, one? Taylor, Taylor growing up. Oh. oh, I should post that online. Yeah, you should. <laughs> I have like that's my all my uh right in front of us. I have my old scrapbook I made as a kid, like my diaries and stuff. Oh man. She, I'll see if I can find a picture. First of all, we need to do a session where she reads her diary because that shit is hilarious oh we should <laughs> can we do this as a bonus episode yes and if y'all are interested let us know we're doing it anyway but find it on patreon yeah um because that's shit like one day she just i think we're drinking i was drinking at that point in my life so it might have been like wasted and and maybe stoned i don't remember but like no we were... haven't been drinking that much oh I feel like I we just went, went out to brunch and then we went back to, we got like a bottle of wine and we just went back to my house and I like read my diary all night. And that shit was We had a blast. Hilarious. It was a fun <laughs> evening and Corey was out of town for some reason. So it was like girls night slumber party. Was it a party? No, because you guys at the same no. weekend. Anyway, it was like slumber party at my house, but me reading my diary all night. Amazing. <laughs> Amazing. We digressed on Umbap. Okay. <laughs> or where are we? Right. Well, we're going up with our alternative uh, show, Amy's Diary. <laughs> Amy's Diary. And Krista's dating life. <clears throat> All right. So in 1952, Dorothea marries a sail, uh, sorry, a sailor named Alex Bren Johansson. Not the Hansen brothers. That's how we got off here. <laughs> yeah. Um, she created a, a fake per- persona, one of her many names. Again, Taya Singolala Niarada. She claimed it was Muslim descent and Egyptian descent. Hmm. Sorry, Egyptian, Muslim, and Israeli. Okay. Descent. These two had a very turbulent marriage. 
she would often take advantage of his frequent trips um, overseas because, again, he was a sailor by inviting other men into their home and gambling all his money away. Well, so, yeah, that would do it for that's you. That's a con right that there. Would, uh, hey, honey, you go, out, you go make that hard money. You go out in the, you know, army or the Marines and whatever. What's the water one? Coast Guard. Coast Guard. No. Nope. Navy. Nope. Navy. Thank you. <laughs> that's it. So, hey, honey, you go, you go serve in that Navy. And I'm just going to go fuck some dudes and spend all your money. Well, yeah, that's a good reason for divorce. I mean, maybe I should do that. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, well, he, I don't think you're gonna get any men through this, this podcast, any, yeah, or podcast anymore. I take it back. Oh fuck! Sorry, fellas. Just kidding. I would never do such a thing, or would I? While on one of his trips, not only was she still stealing and spending his money, but she actually stood up her own brothel in their home. She set up a brothel. Uh huh. That's gross. Yeah. I would not, uh, and also like brilliantly co- or not so brilliantly, she used bookkeeping as the cover, a bookkeeping business as the cover to the brothel. So Dorothea be running a brothel and scams on her poor little husband, you know, overseas doing his thing. This bitch got caught in 1960, and she was arrested again and sentenced to 90 days in Sacramento County Jail. Upon return from one of his trips in 1961, Johansson actually tried to control her and Dorothea and and briefly committed her to DeWitt State Hospital. What did she get arrested for, though? She got arrested for the the brothel. For the brothel, okay. Yep, yep. So her husband does try to send her away. To, like, a mental institution? Mm -hmm. Yep, DeWitt State Hospital. You mental. You spend my money. That's right. And this was actually after other behavior she exhibited, which was drinking, binge drinking, lying, and her criminal behavior, and apparently some suicide attempts. So while she was in... I'm surprised he stayed with her through all this. Like, if I came home from being in the Navy... Oh, bye. And you spent all my money, all your stuff would be on my front yard, bye. Oh, yeah. Goodbye. Good riddance. So while she was in this DeWitt State Hospital, they diagnosed her as a pathological liar. No shit. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, Hence her con. And also with unstable personality. Okay. Which... I didn't know you could be diagnosed with that. I didn't either. There's a lot of people I need to diagnose, diagnose like, with that. Don't look at me like that. <laughs> <laughs> don't fucking look at me like that. But so anyway, Dorothea and Johansson finally divorced in 1966. So he Wow, about time. Yeah, he's like, nah, bitch, I'm out. She would continue to take his last name for some time, though, after their separation. She assumed the identity, here's another one for you, of Sharon Johansson. Okay. So from Dorothea to Sharon Johansson, she would hide her delinquent behavior, being a kind Christian lady, and really became established in the community as a caregiver, providing young women or in poverty to stay with her without charge. And later, she even used this experience um, by boarding, you know, the poor and tired and, and mistreated to say that she had nurse practitioner uh, experience okay she would use that to her con and all right this bitch gets married again again third time Mm -hmm. and here's where she gets the name puente 1968 dorothea marries roberto jose puente after 16 months they separated surprise (laughs) well at least he didn't stick around so long for the bs yeah and it's funny he's separated citing domestic abuse as the main cause wow yeah so i'm sure she abused her other husbands too she must have so in 1967 she attempted to serve him with the divorce petition but he fled to mexico i was like i'm out of here y'all this bitch is crazy (laughs) this bitch don't blame him They'd have a turbulent relationship. Dorothea filed a restraining order against him in 1975. And again, she continued to use Puente for more than 20 years, including while she conducted some heinous crimes. I'm sure he loved that. So using her status, though, remember, she's established herself as this kind old lady. She began running a boarding house. Do you know where um, she's living during all this? This is in Sacramento. Oh, okay. It's all in California. My bad. Okay. Yep, Northern Cal. And so then, after getting divorced for the 80th time, she kind of brings up the brothel vibe, but not, not no sex work going on. But she does a boarding house 
instead, located at 21st and F Streets in Sacramento. And in the video I watched, it says that she was doing all this right in the shadow of the city building, like where she was eventually uh, convicted. Wow. So, like, it's in the backyard of, like, the town hall and shit. Okay. Hmm. It's crazy. And this makes me even sicker. Oh, God. Okay, so she would have this boarding house and... For children? uh, For strays, wanderers, homeless. Okay. Disadvantaged, mentally ill. You know, the people that get shoved aside in our society. Yeah. Well, it kind of reminds me of, like, uh, Moulin Rouge, the Red District in Paris... Paris, like the artist, Toulouse-Lautrec, all that kind of stuff. Oh, okay. Yeah. I didn't realize they had that as well as like the brothels. That's cool. Yeah. That's very cool. But this this is going to be, this is so upsetting to me. She would get people into her house, get this, by hosting AA meetings. And then she would... And she would manipulate them into saying, oh, you don't have a place to stay, stay here. Uh... And then took took it even further. Took it even further. This is the real beginnings of her like conning. Well, she started obviously at 16, but she then would put on vintage clothing. She would wear the large granny glasses. She would even let her hair turn gray instead of dyeing it. And she gave herself the appearance of looking way older than she was. Okay. So at the time, there's a photo of her that I'll share that she said she was like, she presented herself as 70 something. And she's actually only 50 years old. That's how much she went on with this That's kind of smart though cuz you most people assume old older people are more harmless. Yep. Exactly. Exactly was part of her whole facade. Yeah, and then if the AA thing it's like those people are in a vulnerable state probably anyway. Yep. So, yeah. So sick. So, not only did she help the poor and impoverished, but she also really established herself specifically within um, Sacramento's Latino community. She did ch- like Latinx charity, scholarships, radio shows. Guess what? This bitch marries again. Wow. So we're <laughs> up to the fourth time now. Are we? I lost track. I think it's four. <laughs> I think it's four. Yeah. Um. So she eventually met and married in this, I'm a, like a socialite helping the, my peeps in the Latin community. Um, married Pedro Angel Montavo, and he briefly is she this. Latino descent herself. I it, her her last name is Gray, so for me, I didn't get that. She I was. didn't think. I mean, she doesn't look like it, but you never know. Yeah, there's a lot of um, Wera Latin people mean like very light skinned and blue. Well, yeah, that's what I'm saying. You don't yeah, know. Yeah, she looks Wera, but she's. I think I don't know. I have to look into that. But anyway, so this bitch marries again. And this guy already saw through it. He goes, hell no, I'm out. And he left her relationship after one week. One week? <laughs> but she got him to the chapel first. That's true. She got him out of that. One week? Oh, my God. Yep. Oh, That's my ha- God. That, I've heard of that happening, though. Yeah. I mean, maybe I should have done that. <laughs> no, just Would have sped things up, I guess. Yeah, would have. Caused me a lot of heartache, I suppose. Or... Avoided a lot of heartache, rather. Um, okay, so she couldn't stop lying, this bitch. Okay, she keeps going. 1978, she was charged and convicted of illeg- illegally cashing 34 state federal checks that belonged to her tenants. She has this boarding house, again, filled with mm-hmm. all the AA members, and gets them in for safety and provides uh, meals and, and obviously shelter, and got herself as the main signer on their uh, social security checks. Wow. Yeah. Oh, that's messed up. Not fucked up. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Thankfully, she had to do five years probation in order to pay, was ordered to pay 4000 which is nothing, $4,000 in restitution. So was she, it was discovered she was abusing her authority to get these social security te- checks? Yeah. Well, no, this is part of her con. She, because the people were me- either mentally or physically disabled or alcoholics, had nobody else, no other family. So she'd say, oh, I can, I am happy to be the signer for you. So in the guise of like, I'll take care of you for rent free, free food. Let uh, me sign your check. Okay. I got it. Kind okay. of thing. So she's still on parole, on probation at this time because of the forgery. But her disguise and as a matronly old lady helped her, as you said, get, it helps her continue running this scam. And even though she's on probation, supposedly, mm-hmm. this bitch is still running her scam. So we're going to cut to 1982 now. And she meets a 50. This is where a lot of the trouble begins. Okay. By the way, of the darker side. Okay. More than the con. We're turning mm-hmm. away from con into 
murder. Deadly situations. Yeah, mm-hmm. murder. So a 53-year-old woman named Ruth Monroe is looking for a place to stay. And her son and daughter set her up with, with Dorothea, given her supposed credentials as helping the community, right? Yeah. One of the days that her son, the Ruth, who's the tenant of Dorothea's, her son comes over to visit her, see how she's doing. He notices his mom isn't feeling so well. And he tells, he, Dorothea's trying to say, like, you can't see her the next day. And he's like, bitch, I'm not leaving this house until you let me see my mom. And so he went in. He he, he finally did it. Thank God. And he was like, mom, I, I love you. What's going on? Are you okay? And I'll, mom didn't say anything. She just tapped him, nodded. But he knew something wasn't right. Said, I loved you and left. I'll see you tomorrow morning. Mm-hmm. And that night or that morning, his sister called him and said, mom died. What? Oh, was she poisoning them? Yep. Bingo. I called it. Yep. Unfortunately... Um, Dorothea got away with this. She told the police that uh, Ruth was depressed and that she OD'd. Oh, wow. That's awful. Mm-hmm. And her death was ruled as a suicide. I'm sure the son didn't believe it, though. No, at all. He's a big factor in the Netflix series I watched on this. Um, and he's like, he felt terrible, too. Imagine the guilt. Was but, it a documentary or like a fictionalized show about what happened? A docuseries. Okay. So it was the real son, yeah, being interviewed. What's the show called? Um, it, it's on Netflix and it was called Horrible Roommates, <laughs> believe it or okay. not. Okay. Damn, that is a horrible Sorry, let me, roommate. Let me make sure. Uh, I thought I had bad roommates. <laughs> me? You mean my bedroom? <laughs> no, not you. Like college days. Oh, my bad. Okay, sorry. It was actually just came out and i'm glad i watched it because that's how i got dorothea's case but it's a netflix true crime series called worst roommate ever okay so well yeah yeah that no would put- fucking shit mm-hmm. i mean you being poisoned to death and your money's being stolen come on all right so ruth's death is ruled suicide we know it's not that shit is shady mm-hmm. um shortly after this a very brave tenant named malcolm mckenzie he's 74 years old goes to the police and said Dorothea has also drugged drugged and stolen from him. Went straight to the authorities. Was like, yo, something's going on. Check this lady out. And on August 18th, 1982, guess what? This bitch is convicted again. <laughs> again. Okay, it's like, how do they keep letting her in and out of prison? But that just, seems like every criminal story. Right? Like, it just like, it blows my mind. Like, we know this this bitch is like not the sweet innocent old lady she's portraying. Yeah, I think the problem sometimes it's like they don't have the means, the time, the resources to really mm-hmm. um I guess like show the truth of what these people are doing cuz the system, I'm sure like their resources are so limited. Definitely. And I mean that's like stories as old as time. Like whenever you listen to like a story about a lifelong criminal. It's like they're always in and out of the system. Yeah, she was no excuse or no exception, rather. So this time she was convicted of three theft charges, and uh, I'm assuming for when she she not only did she take these checks from so fraud cases, but also like she would steal her belongings. So uh, for example, Ruth, the son, when he was on camera, he's like, "Mom had jewelry and clothes, and none of that was there when we came to get her." Oh, of course, yeah. Yep, so Dorothea's stealing the, her tenant shit. Mm-hmm. So got caught on that. While in prison, this bitch became prison relationships, recovering it eventually. Oh, yeah. She started a prison relationship with a man named Everson Gilmouth, 77-year-old retiree. And they said- Outside a, of prison or in prison? In prison. A pen pal friendship developed. So he was another prisoner. Oh, I'm sorry. No, he was not. Okay. Somehow met her. Okay. Couldn't tell you how. They probably knew each other before she went to prison. Anyhow, she conned him into picking her up out of prison after her three years were up. <laughs> or excuse me, after her five-year sentence. Oh, sorry. He picked, She only served three years of the five-year sentence. My bad. But he picked her up nonetheless. And he was driving a 1984 pickup. That's important. Okay. For later in a potential murder. Okay. <laughs> I'm assuming um, they find an abandoned truck. They were even making wedding plans, her and Gilmouth. She was like, I want to get married for the 10th time now. <laughs> yep. 
I want to get married and I want it to be now. It's my marriage and I want it now. (laughs) I want to get a divorce for the millionth time. (laughs) Thank you. Oh, don't wish it on anybody. Tell you that. Um, Anyhow, so then we're still in 1985. She uh, then met another man named Ismael Flores. And she used him as a contractor to install this wood paneling all over her apartment. Okay. She hiding money behind the wood paneling? Or bodies? Yeah. Ooh, gross. Yeah. She paid him 800 bucks for the red Ford pickup, which she said belonged to her then-boyfriend, who is living now in L.A. He no longer needs the truck. Remember, that's Gilmuth, who she was her pen pal prison buddy. So she's in possession of the truck at this point. Okay. Yep. She asks... The contractor Flores, not only to do the wood flooring, but also, oh my God, this is sick, to build a six by three by two foot box to store, quote, books and other items. Wow. He's like, you don't want a bookshelf? You want a cop? <laughs> you want a I want like a co- It reminds me of when I went for my <laughs> wedding and I, I was like, I didn't want them to do like the wedding upcharge thing. And I was like, oh yeah, I need a two tier white cake for a party. And oh, then, yeah. yeah, and then the next time I went in, I was like, it's for a wedding. But that's, like, kind of like that. She's <laughs> like, tried. she's like, I need a bookcase that's shaped like a coffin, please, for <laughs> no all reason. my books. I just like Dracula, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I role play with yeah. all my, my pen pals. Okay, so she said, oh, this is gross, that she also needed him to dump a box of junk on the riverbank. Outside of the official dumping grounds. Well, you know how we have pick, uh, not like big trash pickup. Yeah, bulk trash. Thank you. She asked him to do that. Who knows what was in it? Ugh. Year ish later. You would think it was the box would smell though. You would. What's in the box? What's that movie? Oh, Slevin. Lucky Slevin. Yeah. What's in the box? That shit is so scary and good. Amazing. Yeah. Also, Brad Pitt. God damn, that mofo looks good. Mm hmm. He was in two movies. You and every other woman ever. I mean, I don't know. He never used to do it for me. But now in his older age, I'm like, okay, sup. (laughs) (laughs) Sup. I like your little smoke ear. Um, He was in two trailers, like I said, at the Batman movie. So why am I talking about? I got thirst distracted. Yeah, you did. Side note. (laughs) (laughs) Instead of a squirrel. So I was yelling, I was saying what's in the box. That's right, why. Right, right, Thank you. It's your fault. Yeah. What's you in the box? Distracted me. All right. So she's dumping this box in the fucking riverbank. And one guy, one day, a guy, a fisherman, sees a suspicious box uh, that might or may not look like a coffin. <laughs> you know, just the exact dimensions. Yeah. I don't know. Call the police. And oh my God, this is so gross. Sorry. Alert. <clears throat> oh my god it's so sad so the fishermen found it the police come out and the they find a badly decomposed body of an unidentified older man any guess Ooh. any guesses on whom the original husband no but good guess it was the recent pen pal boyfriend that whose truck she sold. oh her prisoner lover her prisoner lover yep Oh, yeah. And meanwhile, while he was inside that box, she collected his pension. What's in the box? She continued <laughs> She continued to collect his pension all that time, which was about a year. And she wrote pen- she wrote letters to his family, like knowing that she had done all that. She was writing letters to his family and saying, he's just fine. He's loving. He's taking to the house and my tenants. <sighs> and unfortunately, they weren't able to identify him right away. So it took them three years to identify the man in the in the box yeah so she continued to accept borders and elderly borders while running this scam because they didn't know where the box came from right they just found it mm-hmm. and, and the fisherman didn't know so it's an identified man identified origin so meanwhile she's just collecting his pension and doing all this shit living um, her best living life her murder life and oh my god she's so horrible pocketing all of their expenses and her parole officers were visiting her, and because she had been convicted for stealing from the elderly in the past, she was supposedly not supposed to even 
have a broth or a brothel, excuse me, a boarding house. Part of her parole was to stay away from the elderly and not even handle government checks. Okay. Obviously, she violated that shit Mm -hmm. continuously. However, this is the guy that breaks the case. uh, Okay. Miss Dorothea, and God bless him. His name was Bert Montoya, a homeless alcoholic man, beautiful, like tall, like Mm -hmm. um, he looked almost indigenous to me, but maybe he was Latino, but he was just lost and and, 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 and alcoholic, but also mental health issues. Okay. And so he was in, in the system and the way that they presented his story was so fucking sad. It was actually through the eyes of his social worker caseworker at that time mm-hmm. and she was so fucking sweet this woman blames herself for his death still but it's not her fault and she was saying you know Bert how do you feel about living in a home like this with Dorothea based on all her accolades and you know or or whatever and that had they have him on film saying it would be nice Aww, yeah that's so tragic fucking sickening oh I can imagine why the social worker feels so guilty yeah she was she was so fucking upset so he moves in first three months everything's fine no, no, nothing to report. Mm-hmm. And then one day, uh, Dorothea says to them, oh, Bert's on a trip. And the social worker is like, what the fuck? What do you mean he's on a trip? And Dorothea is like, oh, no, he just went to Mexico. And it's fine. It's fine. He'll be back in a few days. A couple of days later, the social worker is like, where's Bert? And Dorothea's like, he's, he'll be, he'll be back. No, no, no problem. And I'll, I'll, I'll you can see him Monday. And the social worker, God bless her, was like, absolutely not. I'll tell you what's going to happen. I'm coming over there right now. And if I don't see him, I'm calling the authorities. And because of this woman, they the police searched um, Dorothea's property. Because Hell they, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And this was, by the way, in 1988. And she filed the missing – the social worker filed the missing persons report for on behalf of Bert, who was only 51 years old, by the way. And they're there. So the police are there. They're investigating. And while the police are there, one of the detectives gets slipped a note from the tenants saying something's wrong here. She's been she's been digging a lot of holes. And mm-hmm. so they have that reason to come back, obviously, and search the property. And, oh, it's so gross the way that the detective tells it. Oh, do they find dead bodies under behind the paneling? Yep. But wouldn't the place just stink? You would think. And you would think that would tr- like set yeah, people off too. You would. You would. Or so, not set off. I mean like alert, uh, alert people. people. Yeah. yeah. So first they start digging in the garden. They're digging, they're digging. And she wasn't arrested on anything yet. So she's still there just walking around her house. Letting casually them, letting them yep, dig? Yep. Just casually. Just chilling. And they come across them. They're digging, nothing, nothing, nothing. They come, finally come across something hard, and it's a femur. And meanwhile, while they're digging, the detective was saying, thought he was picking out, like, a, what do you call it, burlap pieces? Or, like, pieces that look like beef jerky in the soil. Oh, my God. It turns out that that was human flesh that he was handling. <gasps> oh, yeah. And so they keep digging, and they find five other bodies, including birds. So, yeah. Oh, can you, I hope he was wearing gloves. That would keep me up at night. Yeah. Human so, flesh. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, so they. Uncom- and she just is casually walking around while they're doing this. Yep. Maybe at that point she just already knew she was caught. So she kind of gave in. Yeah, I think so. But this bitch had so much balls. You know what she did? Before they found the body that like when they, they, when they he, you know, he's just getting the burlap thinking it's that or like trash Dorothy is like oh I'm just gonna go over to my nephew's house across the street grab a cup of coffee and he's like did oh. she try to run away he, yeah until the cop lets her and uh then How they, the hell then they, they just find the body go and the, the chief detective was like where the fuck's Dorothea and he's like oh she just said she was gonna go get coffee and they're like get that bitch back here now and so they finally got her but like Yay. but like so yeah, but like, still running a con. Like you let you clearly have bodies in your in your home. And I bet she was gonna try like flee to Mexico or something. That was her goal, exactly. That was exactly her plan. But they caught her. Thank God. Well, um, thank God. 
I can't believe other tenants didn't come forward or uh, notice any like fishy behavior. Like, how did she drag a body through the building without them knowing? Yeah, it's unbelievable. And like to be an old lady like that, you must have a lot of strength to pick up someone's dead body. Like, I wonder if she got any help. I, yeah, that's a really great question. They never alluded to that. But I mean, she must be strong because I could not lift up someone's body. Yeah, and she was certainly not as old as they as she portrayed herself to be. And to dig the hole. That'd be, right. That's, I mean, that's I was, manual labor. I mean, I, yesterday I was out there just digging um, some holes for a, a few little plants, and I felt tired after yeah. that. So <laughs> I guess I don't have, like, serial killer stamina that <laughs> I guess I didn't know I needed. Well, they ended up finding a total of seven bodies on her property, unfortunately five of which are unidentified, and a total of three were of a, what's it called, excuse me, attributed to her, and she went to prison, obviously. And, oh, yeah. Uh, in 2011, she passed away, but... Uh, How long was she in prison? Uh, let's see. I want to say this would have been 98... Oh, so she was in prison for quite a while. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It wasn't like she just went and passed away. No, right she away. finally, her cons finally stopped working. Just so fucking sad. Oh, I'm sorry. Excuse me. Let me rephrase that. She was actually charged with a total of nine murders. Her boyfriend, Everson Gilmuth, 77, who's the one that kind of unraveled it all to begin mm-hmm. with the truck and the coffin box. Eight tenants who lived at the boarding house. Wow. Ruth Monroe, who I described with the children, who she was poisoned, who they ruled her death a suicide. They know now it was not. Leona Carpenter, 78. Bert Montoya, 51. He was only 51. So young. Dorothy, Dorothy Miller, 64. Benjamin Fink, 55. James Gallup, 62. Vera Faye Martin, 64. And Betty Palmer, 78. Wow. So she's a serial killer. She is. And according to investigators, most of them had been drugged or so so much and frequently that they overdosed. And that's how their deaths looked innocent. Oh. That's how she- and it probably because mm-hmm. she opened up like the AA organization, like people didn't probably question it so exactly. much. They're like, oh, yep. they're prone to addiction anyway. Yep. And she would wrap them. She would just wrap them in bed sheets. Plastic lining and throw them in those holes in their backyard. Wow. After taking their money and their things and their trust and their, you know, like, sickening. But And, like, if they were going to AA, they were obviously there to, like, to seek a better life and improve themselves. You know what I mean? They're trying to help their addiction and, you know what I mean, put an end to it. That's sad. right? Well, that was the really dark story of one female con artist. Thankfully, she finally... Uh, her cons finally came to an end uh, of the death house landlady, Dorothea Puente. I hope your story is a hell of a lot lighter than mine. Yes, mine has no murder involved. It's just more uh, British woman going after someone's pocketbooks. Okay. Yeah, so mine is a little bit, it reminds me of like a trashy magazine read. Into it. But I enjoyed it. (laughs) So mine's a little bit more lighthearted. Still, the person is ultimately shitty, but not as terrible. Okay, sweet. Well, good, because we need some levity after this. Yes, and I named my story The British Invasion of Men's Pocketbooks. <laughs> yeah, I'm so excited to hear about this because she was very thrilled to tell me this title. <laughs> I was. I was like, oh, I'm so creative. No, it was good. I was like, damn, that's good. I'm curious. But yes, obviously my story will take place across the pond today. In and your homeland. Yes, in my homeland. In the lovely England in Bromley, which I've never been I was to. Say, never been? But I love it. Bromley, <laughs> so English sounding. It is. And I want to say I don't usually start my research with the old uh, Federal Trade Commission, but here we are. Oh, yeah. That's usually a me thing. Yeah. <laughs> that would be a me thing. And I didn't know the Federal Trade Commission had a sense of Yuma, like they say in Liverpool, sense of Yuma. Yuma? And the article starts <laughs> with them saying, They say love hurts. And in this article, they cover the (laughs) fact that romance scams are 
growing quickly and actually at an all-time high. Well, again, Tinder Swindler. Look at this motherfucker. Mm -hmm. Yep, right on theme. So for three years now, people have reported losing more money from love scams than any other fraud. That's so... I said this on Tuesday. (laughs) I'm never going to get over it. On Tuesday, that I was so... Like, it upsets me more that people are conned out of their hearts than their money. I know that's so, you know. Well, both are equally upsetting. Yeah. But just like, fuck. To to use love as the thing is so fucked up. Yeah. But, I mean, con artists, they have to use any means, right? And, like, what's the, there's, like, a million sayings about love. Like, we'll we'll do anything for for love. love. But I won't do... What won't he do? Did we ever figure that out? I don't know. What would he not do? They'd say that they he wouldn't go down on you, but I think that's just like a like urban legend. Yeah, that's probably not true. Corey, what would Meatloaf not do? I actually, <laughs> when I was starting my research, I was listening to that song. Oh, you were? Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Because I, uh, I put it on, so I was like reading about romance scams. So I listened to a little Meatloaf. Yeah, good question. What would you not do for love? What would I not do for love? Murder. Murder. Yeah, definitely anything that involves harming another person. And I guess I'm cheap because I was watching Tinder Swindler, and if Corey asked me for a $30,000 loan, I'd be like, bye, see you tomorrow. (laughs) Gotta go. Gotta go. Good luck with that. Uh, Yeah, so I guess I'm cheap. I wouldn't do that either. I thought this was insane. Few statistics. So for three years now, I said it's like at the highest of all time. So in 2020, over $304 million uh, was reported lost from romance scams. Jeez. So that's a lot of money, right? That was 2020, you said? 2020. That's not that long. That's what the fuck? And I tried to Google 2021 and 2022, but I don't know if they have the latest numbers. Sure. Because I couldn't find them, but I'm assuming... Probably still calculating them. (laughs) Yes. Um, And it was up... The craziest part is that it was up 50% from 2019. So that's That's a huge jump. Yeah. So that was kind of the big question is like, what is making this huge leap of romance scams being at an all-time high? And Mm. I do want to bring up the fact that the median average loss between people was around $2,500. So. Significant amount yeah. in my mind of money it's lost. Good credit card bill. Like, no thanks. Yeah. I need that. Yeah, exactly. So let's think about it. 2019, 2020, what was happening? We're all online a lot more, right? Mm-hmm. We're not meeting people in person. So oh, the FDC yeah. said a big uh, contributing factor that they believe is that it was almost set up in an easier way to con people. They can con people for longer and have excuses of not meeting people because they can say, well, I just tested positive for COVID. COVID. I can't yes. see you. That's even more fucked up to play on people like that. The con game almost got stretched out longer. And, and it was it was just a con, not necessarily catfish, right? Because obviously catfish is its own form of con, but... Well, I'm sure there's catfish thrown in there. Jesus. I mean, we know you're guilty That's of that. That's even worse. Hey. <laughs> hey. Yeah. Taking it way back when Krista <laughs> tried to post pictures of herself when she was 20 <laughs> and looks like a different person. When I was a model, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and very modest. Uh, no, I was I was just a lot thinner is all. That's what Yeah, and I told Krista she couldn't do that. <laughs> hey, what's close, guys? I put my foot down. <laughs> Good friend right here. <laughs> And they also say that the amount of people who actually are using dating apps is growing more and more. Mm-hmm. Kind of like you covered in our Soulmate episode. Mm-hmm. It's just like the use of dating apps is a part of a lot of, people's, a lot of people's lives. Yeah. And billion dollar industry, remember, too. Mm-hmm. And I think like more and more people of all age groups are logging on and are more open to be meeting people that way. Yes. Because like meeting people online is not, it's more, accept, I guess we're, it's more socially acceptable. Like yeah. Even like just as friends, there's like Bumble, you can meet people, like Bumble for friends or like Meetup. I mean, I've done that before. I met friends that way. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a great way to like connect with people with the same interest, but then obviously you got to be careful that you don't get connected with the wrong people. Yeah, didn't you guys have like a crazy chick on Meetup? Like a friend that was like a total biatch? No, she wasn't a biatch. She just slept with everyone and their mother. Oh, she was just a hoe bag. All right. Well, that's going to happen in any crowd. All the girls went to Las Vegas and I guess it was like a two night 
trip and she has slept with like three or four people. Okay. Like you know, she just had no maybe no no fuck shame in here, but also I guess yeah. she had no shame in the game. No. Get it, girl. No, she was a nice person. I just think she was honestly I think she was going through stuff and Got I it. hope she's doing better. Aww. But most of these romance scams actually, which I thought was more surprising, is they don't happen through the dating apps. It's more on social media that people okay. get scammed. Interesting. Really? Yeah. Who gives, first of all, who gives the... F- okay, now I'm shaming. I'm sorry. But, like, who gives money through Instagram or for whatever social But what's app? the... Why is Instagram worse than a dating app? I think either one's equal playing fields here in my book. Yeah, I guess so. I guess I'm just thinking now that I'm using said dating apps, like... And I'm actually... Let's say I'm actually dating someone. To me... If they ask me for money, that makes more sense because I'm actually dating you versus like if it's just on Insta where it's like more like just slide in your DMs kind of like fuck thing situation. You know what I mean? I don't know. I guess the channels are different uses for me personally, but. I don't know. I think either one, it's kind of like I don't see one being worse than the other. Like Yeah, equally bad. Correct. I just I just wouldn't ever give money through a social app but i wouldn't even give it when i'm first dating someone i i think to me right away that'd be red flag yeah i'd be like no get your get your shit brother get your shit i was like (laughs) first of all i'm not your little piggy bank also don't you have a job motherfucker (laughs) and that's not charming like if you're like asking me for money i'd be like "Mm, i I think i want no scrub (laughs) there's more fish in the sea i can find someone who doesn't need my money you better call Tyro. I thought this was super smart, though. A lot of scammers actually collect their money through gift cards. Because think about it, oh, gift cards, you can't really track it. Fuck, that makes sense. Use of gift cards uh, that were sent to scammers actually increased 70% from the pa- re- recent year. Oh, my God. But, I mean, it's genius. You're not yes. going to – you can spend a gift card and no one's going to be able to track you. Yes. 70%. Wow. And some more interesting stats before I get into my story. So people from the ages of 40 to 69 um, were the group that tended to fall for these romance scams the most. Also, people who were 70 years or older are the ones, the population that tended to lose the most money. Hmm. And for this population of people, on average, they were losing almost $10,000. Oh, my God. To these, like, assholes are just taking advantage of old granny and pops. so fucking gross. Like, old granny, like, I don't know, or papa, like, whatever you call your grandpa. Yeah, but taking their money, hard-earned money, probably a retirement fund. And we all know that a lot of people do tend to take advantage of older people online because mm-hmm. they're an easier population to fool because they don't know um, some of the red flags right. that as younger people who've used the internet our whole lives mostly you know what mm-hmm. I mean we kind of know what to look out for yes and in the year of 2020 over 32,000 individuals filed a report with the FTC reporting that they had been scammed out of wow. money for the for love Wow. I stumbled upon, her name is Patricia, and I'm assuming it's, you say it, Wu-Tan is how you say it? But she, but she <laughs> is She is a British woman, and I did say she was disgracing my Nana Holt's name, because that's my Nana's Aww. name. Oh, God bless. Spending all our love, by the way, to Amy's Nana. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but through... A top 10 list of con artists who are women whose stories are so fascinating that they should have a movie made about them. Of course, we had, which we talked about at length, Elizabeth Holmes and Delvey. But then old Patricia was on the list. Uh, oh, old Patricia. <laughs> so that piqued my interest oh, because... about old Patricia, Patty. <laughs> I was like, well, if a movie should be made about her, then maybe I should see what she's up to. You know what I mean? This is her short feature film. There wasn't that much about her, so the movie would have to be very short. They describe Patricia as the, quote, queen of the dating site scammers who write sob stories about 9-11 and sewing. Okay. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I'm not interested. Thank you. And uh, this is where... (laughs) Wait, how do you make a sub story about sewing? Well, I'll tell you. Oh. We'll get there. It's interesting. I'm very confused. I mean, Patricia needs a little help. 
I mean, this movie would be very interesting. <laughs> and here I'm going to have a disclaimer. I'm going to be a total bitch right now. Oh, yeah. She actually asked me if she's allowed to be a bitch if the person is a bad person. I said, yeah, absolutely. So I it. would describe Patricia as looking homely. <laughs> and I'm only talking about her looks because she's an awful human being. Right. I would describe her as having, like, yellowish blonde, poorly dyed hair <laughs> on top of a bad haircut. Yes. I'm, supposed, I'm assuming it's supposed to be a bob. Throw that shade. Throw it. Pale complexion <laughs> with lots of sun marks. Puckered wrinkled skin around the mouth. Oh. And I'm going to stop there. Can I see her? Do you have a picture? Yeah. Let me see this. And I'll agree. Because I'm the best hate, hate a, hype hate a player in the game. <laughs> <laughs> I just love she's wearing a fur coat. Okay, I'll put the mugshot in the Instagram, on the old Insta. Oh, okay. holy shit. It's Honey Boo Boo grown up. Really? Yes. Oh my God, you guys, it's Honey Boo Boo. Well, there you got it, Wait, folks. Oh my God, it's Honey Boo Boo when she's like 50, you said? One of her scripts she wrote about, I'm a celebrity fashionista. And she's wearing like an ugly fur coat here. Oh, uh, honey. Okay. Check yourself, honey. Ooh. Okay, yep. Now I need to know why she's so bad, because I hope I wasn't mean for no reason. <laughs> let me tell. Let me hear. The whole point of me kind of shaming her in her looks department, which I usually don't do, is because I'm assuming she probably... Because Amy's such a lady. Yes. <laughs> I'm dainty and a lady. Uh, but <laughs> if she did... Hop on some dating sites. I'm sure she was catfishing people. Ooh, I mean, you ain't gonna catch much with the real image mm-hmm. here. <laughs> no offense. But Patricia was an author, and she made a lot of money from it. But she wasn't on the New York Times bestseller list or any of the popular ones <laughs> we know. Because her idea of being an author is that she would write scripts. And it was all for the purpose of helping out other fellow romance scammers. So she would sell scripts to other romance scammers to help them make money. What? So she's not actually catfishing people or date. I thought like the whole Holy thing that she was like shit. on the dating sites. But no, she's just kind of like the kingpin. And she gives them the tools and the scripts. She would I'm also. Like Cleo vibes Mm-hmm. Holy shit. And she would also write about um, like tips and tricks. Like how you can be the most successful uh, romance scammer. And she would write things like, for an example, I found one. It was like, stay calm and moody until you get his final word. Maybe that's what I need to do. But it's kind <laughs> of like. you tell me out there. <laughs> I kind of imagine, you know, like the Dummies series, series yes, of books. Yes. It's like she basically wrote like how to be a successful romance scammer for dummies. Oh, my God. That's insane. Yes. But there's a market for this in general. I'm like, mm-hmm. what the fuck is happening? So she is an author, but she's just not going to be on the list that we know. Uh, Another tip she wrote, uh, because she had several, quote, let him do most of the talking. Be sad and worried about taking care of bills for the rest of the month. When he asks what he can do to help, (laughs) ask him for like just casually like $2,000 to $3,000. No big deal, right? Uh, I would absolutely love to take that tip. From you, Patricia. (laughs) (laughs) Casually. I mean, it's coming. I'm going to make the ask. (laughs) I mean, I can casually act sad around my husband. That's not going to work. Oh, jeez. I just need $3,000 extra in my allowance. Corey, thanks. (laughs) One of her popular scripts that she sold. um, So she had, like, obviously her bestsellers, I'm assuming. You know, I thought this was horrific. She would have people pretend to be a widow that have lost their husbands from 9/11, the 9-11 terrorist attacks. Okay, I was wondering where that one came back in. Okay. Yeah, so she to- totally was what like... What the fuck is wrong with people? Taking a tragic event and trying to profit off of it. Mm. And in the script, because you can um, find her scripts. One of, what? Uh, How are they still available? Well, I'll get to it in a little bit. But one of them about being a 9-11 widow, she wrote... He made it out of the building, but he later died because of heavy dust and smoke, and he was asthmatic. Another script, which I thought was god-awful, she, and I can't believe people bought these scripts from her because I think they're so bad, 
And I'm like, if you can't think, be creative enough to scam someone, I'm sorry, but you probably should not be a scam artist. Right. Like, come on, use a little bit of your brain. <laughs> but one of her scripts, which at the beginning I said she wrote about 9-11 and sewing. So Yeah, what the fuck's sewing? I'm so intrigued. Uh, one script involved a woman who paid all her money to get her <laughs> sewing machine fixed. And now she can't pay her rent. And the scammer, or the scammer's now concerned about being evicted. What? I was kind of thinking if someone messaged me that, I'd be like, well, first of all, it's not the 1800s. Just go buy another sewing machine. (laughs) Also, you can't pay rent because of it? Like, that that seems like quite a bit of money. (laughs) What is this sewing machine? machine? Because you can get them at Goodwill. Right. Or, like, are you, like, a costume designer? You auditioned for Project One Way or some shit? Like, why is it so important? And then, second of all, that's your problem, not mine. Amen. You, like, you didn't use your money, like, in a smart way. Oh, my God. And she honestly is not a very smart criminal. Um, I think we can notice that from the scripts I've been (laughs) giving you a preview from. What I find the most baffling of all is that she wouldn't type these up. So maybe her typewriter was broken. Uh, She would handwrite all these scripts. Uh, Nope. So when she was arrested, it was easy to pinpoint that she was the culprit of the romance scam novel because they were able to analyze her handwriting. Wow. So she had like some like shitty notebook full of all her scripts. Wow. So which, definitely not smart. Which is weird to me because I was thinking if she was selling them, do you think she like hand wrote each one and then sold them? Because you think you just want to write it once, print it, yeah. be a little more efficient in your scamming here. She doesn't got the uh, the old, uh, what do you call it, production efficiency in line yet, I guess. And her real big downfall was when she helped launder money and she scammed, again, the population that's most at risk to give their most of their money, a poor 70-year-old man from Switzerland. This man was obviously retired. I think he was single or, like, maybe his wife had passed. I couldn't find much background on him. He was obviously very lonely and desperate for love. With the help of Patricia's scripts, they were able to squeeze out over more than 70,000 pounds from (gasps) this poor man. Oh, my God. That's more in U.S. dollars, right? Yes. So a pound is always worth more than the american dollar uh-huh i haven't checked recently but like but more or less okay i mean when you travel on the royal pound i'm always jealous of people who travel on the royal pound because it, it's always worth way more like at one point it was almost like a dollar 70 to the pound oh damn i couldn't tell you today it might okay. be like a dollar 20 but it's always more oh. um typically it's like a dollar 50 okay but yeah so the pound's worth a lot damn yeah, I always used to, when I went traveling one time with a bunch of British people, I was always jealous because their money went so far. Yeah. And they were always like, this is so cheap. And I'm like, yeah, because you have, like, you're traveling on the pound, living oh that royal God, life. Yeah, I want the royal life. And then my cousins, when they come to visit here, they bring, like, empty suitcases or they'll buy suitcases and they just shop, like, nonstop. Because it seems so much cheaper to them here. Right. I mean, if it's almost half off or yeah, a third well, off. fuck yeah. But this woman, so the script and the story they fed this poor man is that the woman, he's, like, falling, thinks he's falling in love with, right? Mm. And it reminds me so much of Anna Delvey. I was like, was this Anna Delvey who did this? Oh. <laughs> uh, the real <laughs> So she convinces the Swiss man that she needs to get a hold of her father's estate, but it's in Paris, okay? And she needs money to travel there. Oh, yeah, very up from her book. And then a scammer um, convinces the man to actually travel all the way to Paris, <gasps> thinking he's going to meet his lover. Like, he's obviously at this point feels like he's fallen in love and he's going to travel there. Wow. The heartbreak, again, I'm still stuck on, like, fucking with people's hearts. Mm-hmm. The story was fed to him that when he would get to Paris, him and his lover would go to this Parisian vault, and that is where her daddy's money is. Daddy. Would you daddy. Say, run it again. Daddy, water me the money. Run it again. <laughs> when the Swiss man showed up to Paris to meet his new lover, instead of being met with a lovely-looking woman, which he was expecting, he's met with a group of men. Oh, fuck. And this is when it dawns on him. I thought you were going to say grown-ass honey (laughs) boo-boo. Oops, he got catfished. (laughs) Yeah. 
didn't really explain what happened with the men, but I think that's when it dawned on him he had been conned. Ugh. And he had reported this to the police and to the authorities because it was well known and mm-hmm. um, it all, they were able to figure out it was Patricia with the scripts. Oh my God, dumbass. So Hide pa- your shit if you're a con. Let's go. Patricia, remem- remember, she's not actually the one scamming him, because she, but she is the mastermind oh, right, of it all. Oh, right, okay, that's right, yeah. And for this reason, she received over 30,000 of the 70,000 pounds. Wow. On February 11th in 2016 in Bromley, England, a criminal finance team stopped Patricia after receiving an anonymous tip. Ooh, bitch, you in trouble. And I'm kind of um, guessing here because there wasn't really much information about who. I mean, it's anonymous, but right. I'm assuming one of the scammers who bought the script from her probably ratted her out because I bet oh, she yeah. may, maybe she didn't. She probably screwed them over somehow, too. Yeah. Well, and it makes sense, too, that with, again, the shame that we talked about, that the, the, the mark or the victim wouldn't come forward. She didn't only only write the script. She would also help people launder their money. Oh, damn, bitch. That's so, a whole nother crime. <laughs> yeah, and she was helping launder the money of the poor Swiss man. So that was like her Whoa. real um, offense. Uh, yeah. What was her cover? This novel? Well, listen to this. So oh. when they f- approach her, she's walking down the street in Bromley. For some reason, they frisk her up. I can't tell you why. <laughs> But they find over 16,300 pounds in her coat pocket. Just casually walking down the street with that much money on her. Okay. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Like, that coat must have weighed a ton. A ton. Yeah. And when they asked her about it, she claimed that her friend had just given her the cash because she was going to fix up her uh, home. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. Here. Can I have 300K? Yeah. Is that, or did you say 30? Well, 30,000 was from the Swiss man, but when they found her, she had 16,000 pounds in her coat pocket. Holy shit. Yeah, that's a... Can I have? Can I? Well, listen to this, because she, again, is a dumb criminal. They asked her, well, who's this friend? Yeah. I can't remember. (laughs) I'm sorry, what? That's... I just can't remember who casually gave me 16,000 pounds. Or, yeah, it would be 16,000 pounds. And they're like, well, where's this friend live? We'd like to talk to your friend. If your friend gave you this money, we would like to, like, get a second source that this story is true because you're part of our investigation. And then Patricia, again, was like, well, I can't remember the address. And they're like, well, you just came from there. Like, how is this true? Well, (laughs) we can tell, obviously, Patricia. She went down. She's not very smart. (laughs) Not a great author. She's writing about sewing. Uh, One was about her being a celebrity fashionista. And (laughs) she needs some help on that. In her own fantasy, maybe. When they found the $16,000, thankfully, after she went to court, she was sent to jail for only two years. Part of the reason they were able to pinpoint on her, again, like I said, is because she had the handwriting of all her scripts. So that's really what was the nail in the coffin. Yeah, that sucks. But when they went to her house, they found several fake IDs, passports. Oh, shit. So you know she's up to no good. You in trouble now, Patricia. I'm assuming she was probably using that to launder the money. But the good thing is... She She had her hand in a lot of shit. Yeah. Not just... Okay. But thankfully, when they found her, the 16,000 pounds did go back to the Swiss man. So he did get some money back. And she was sentenced to two years in jail after being found guilty on two counts of possession of articles for use in fraud and also guilty of three counts of money laundering. That's it? I feel like there's got to be more here. I know. It's kind of disappointing when you hear two years. You're like, that's really nothing for the amount of money that she has stolen. And the life she's probably ruined. Mm-hmm. She probably broke a lot of hearts mm-hmm. and stole a lot of uh, money from people. Wow. And that is the story of Patricia Wu-Tan. Wu-Tan Clan, grown-ass honey boo-boo. Who needs a little <laughs> help with her story writing. <laughs> anyway, I... Listen, I, I already just gave her a whole new branding right there. <laughs> yeah, but... So that was the female version of the Twindler story. Okay. Or not Twindler. Tinder swindler. I can't talk. Swindler. 
Yeah, honey, boo boo, Wu Tang Clan. I know for once I didn't. <laughs> like I, literally rebranding this bitch as Wu Tang Lady Clan. And I honey, think boo, for grown. <laughs> I think for once you brought the darker story because I usually tell the darker stories. Yes. So we did a switcheroo today. Yeah, well, I think we've only had to do this once when my when my other murder was oh the albert fish yeah. that was horrendous and i felt ill at the end of that <laughs> <laughs> i was like i gotta go home but yeah we had to do a swap rooney because uh we like to leave y'all be witches with some happiness joy. yeah we switched the order because so i was like well we should do my story at the end because it's a little bit lighter than your horrible lady you covered <laughs> yes yes well hopefully y'all don't get conned but now that you're watching all these things on netflix and Hulu and wherever the fuck else of all these con artists and listening to my history on Tuesday, you would know now know how to avoid them. Don't be gullible like me. Nice. Well, I hope you guys enjoyed the episode. And if you did, please leave us a review as always. Great review. Subscribe. Great review. Subscribe. Peace be witches. Peace. Thanks for listening. Check us out on Instagram or bewitchbanter.com. Suggestions for the show? Emails at bewitchbanter at gmail.com. Credits? Music Phantom Fun by Jonathan Boyle from premiumbeat.com. Podcasts? Edited and produced by Krista Hens and Amy Holt. As always, if you enjoyed, please rate, review, and subscribe. <laughs>